Hello, and welcome to another episode of Novel Not New, a True End podcast. It's a monthly show where we select one, or in this case, a few visual novels. We play them through, and then we discuss them together. I'm your host, Jennifer Uncle, and joining me, as always, is M. Hi, how's it going? Going pretty well. So, six is out today. Um, it's just going to be us two discussing the games today. Uh, that is fine by me. Uh, we have a trio of games today. Uh, we have Us Lovely Corpses, uh, Leave Oma, and One Night Hot Springs. Jen, what order would you like to do those in? Um, hmm. Should we go for the lightest to heaviest or heaviest to lightest? I think we should go from heaviest to lightest. Okay. We should probably start with Us Lovely Corpses then. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's fair. Um, Us Lovely Corpses is uh, written by uh, D. Murray Lucia. Uh, you can get it on Itch.io. Uh, there will be links in the description. Uh, Jen, why don't you tell people what Us Lovely Corpses is about? So in Us Lovely Corpses, you play this witch in training named uh, Marisol Flores, who... No, 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 you're not Marisol Flores. Oh, oh, right, you're Alejandra de Rosa. <laughs> and you're basically a witch in training, and... For the past, ever since you've been doing this, basically, you've always gone up to the house of Marisol Flores with your grandmother in order to fight away the monster that's infesting the house and free Marisol from her curse. A curse that basically involves a collection of different colored roses seeping throughout the house and basically being like, if you don't get rid of us, we'll kill her. And you have this whole checklist of flowers. Basically, you have a color-coded list that goes, okay, this one means regret. This one, you never want to listen to this because it's straight-up truth. And it basically goes like that. You're going throughout the house solving puzzles to get keys to open the attic and find Marisol. Yeah. Um, so this game... I, the thing I wanted, I think, is like most interesting before we get into the con, like the actual content of this game, is it opens with like a very intense content warning, uh, that is like, don't play this if you're under sixteen, and it contains themes and offers a list of the things that are in this game. Uh, that list, for the record, includes animal death, body horror, blood, homophobia, self harm, suicide, self hatred, and violence. Um, this was enough to convince uh, Six, our co-host, to not play this because it almost reads like it would be a horror game. And while I appreciate content warnings, I feel like this game might oversell itself on its, like, uh, on, like, violence and negativity of its content. Yeah, especially the second half of the warning, which goes, the house knows you are here and it will do what it can to stop you, so something unusual may happen, which makes mm -hmm. you think, oh, it's going to be like Doki Doki Literature Club and it's going to mess with my computer in some way but yeah. that doesn't happen at all there's like one scene where something unexpected happens but it's just like walking into a startling room it's not mm -hmm. a jump scare or anything yeah uh yeah it sells itself as like a surreal horror visual novel which like yes that's not wrong necessarily but i think it gives a very like stronger impression than is true about what the game is which is a like light exploration visual novel with some negative content, but like in service of a generally very positive and warm message. 
yeah, it's a story about two women who are very close to each other dealing with their own depression and demons made metaphor through the flowers and being a witch. Uh, the, um, the game itself implies that it's like a bipolar disorder thing, right? Cause you get that piece of paper that is part of like a diagnosis. Yeah, it's, it's, there's definitely supposed to be some sort of, I didn't exactly get bipolar from it. I thought more clinical depression, but mm. now that you mention it, bipolar is probably closer to what it actually is. Yeah, because the way that they describe it is much more intense than depression and is, like, much more, like, varied. It's like, oh, these people are great friends. And, li like, the whole message is these two characters are often, like, great friends and lively people, but everyone small are just destroyed by the thing that they have, which sounds much more like bipolar than it does necessarily clinical depression. But, I mean, you could read whatever you want to it. I just feel like the game tips its hand that it's about that instead of depression specifically. Totally. And as you go through and you find out more about the nature of the monster itself, at some point they straight up say, well, should we get to that? Or Yeah, no, go ahead. Okay. I mean, this is a spoiler-filled show. <laughs> Everyone knows that by now. True. So at some point when you're getting to the attic, the older maid tells the newer one, you do know that there is no monster, right? And it turns out that the flowers are a manifestation of... Marisol's um, bipolar syndrome, and you see bits of pieces of that, like when Alejandra's uh, talking to the roses, there's this sense that there's this character being played often when she's coming up to save her, like there's this grandiose speech of, I mean, there's supposed to be typically in the past, a grandiose villainous speech of how this will be impossible to find and where exactly the keys are because you'll never actually get to them. And this time around, she's not in the mood for it. She's just done. So the flowers, aka Marisol, are just very sincere and serious being like, no, don't come up here. Please leave. At some point early on, she even s switches to her normal voice and says through the flowers please leave i don't want this mm -hmm. uh and then to get up to the attic you're given like three locks and then three keys that you have to go find which are hidden in the various rooms and the bulk of the game is coming across these roses that bloom as like uh, aspects of the monster that is inside Marisol and you get like a key chart that's like these are what the flower colors are and what they mean and so uh, if you go to the Itch.io page a picture of this chart is on there it's like pink is affection and black is death and blue is an impossible dream and then at the bottom of the list it's like white danger never listen uh, and there's only one right white rose that you come across and so you go and listen to all these and they are memories of Marisol and Alex like uh hanging out together growing up together uh like Marisol's problems in her life uh like negative things that have happened to her or her wishes and dreams that were never fulfilled um and then if you listen to the white flower like the thing says you not to do uh the, you get like the game's like probably worst ending yeah um the white flower is characterized as a flower that is the complete unvarnished truth of someone how of how someone actually feels about someone else like they may not 
mean to be as harsh as that all the time, but it's a genuine feeling and it's impossible to take back. It's it's basically the real world equivalent of going too far when talking to someone. And mm-hmm. it basically says that she kind of hates her sometimes. And the text just goes to Alejandra kept running and running and running and the game just automatically closes itself. Mm-hmm. But the other bad endings are pretty much along similar lines. Not as intense as that, but they're... If you listen to too many Yellow Roses, Alejandra just goes, okay, this is how you're feeling? Fine, I'm just going to leave. And then you also get the option to respect Marisol's wishes once you get to the final key and just go from there. So I didn't get that ending because I didn't like, because you get to the final key and it's in a book and there's like a note that says, if you've gotten this key, you've been ignoring the roses or not like not heeding them. And I want you to just leave. Like you keep doing this and I don't want you to just, please just take this book and go. Don't come up here after me. And you can just take the key and go upstairs or you can leave the house and like acknowledge that, oh, she's just given up and I'm not going to save her. I didn't see that ending. Did you? It's, there's not really much to say about it. It's, more or less the same as the other bad endings because all she does is basically do the equivalent of nodding and leaving. So it's it's not really any different from the other endings except slightly in intensity of the words used. It's a lot more mellow. Okay, because I'd be interested in that being written out as like a more expansive thing because I don't necessarily think that's the right thing to do, but I could understand the argument where if your friend is like, please just leave me alone, that you should probably leave her alone. Um, But also this game definitely brooks with, no, you need to intervene in her situation, uh, which is fine. Like, I don't have a problem with that necessarily. Yeah, that's probably why they didn't put too much behind it other than recreating the same endings just on a more mellow note. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and then you get up there and you have a conversation with her, and whatever her disease is in this universe manifests as like a rose blooming out of her eye, um, and you talk to her about it, and she just wants it like cut out of her, which would I presumably kill her, right? Like the whole thing is she's gonna stab herself in the eye to get rid of it. Yeah, um, Alejandro then... basically says, "No, I can't do that because that will kill you." Yeah. And instead, Alejandro reveals that she also has this same disease and is in her eye. And then they have a nice conversation about why does Alejandro, like, look so functional and carefree when Marisol is so, like, non-functional and depressive. And she's like, this is just the way mine manifests. Like, I hide behind this instead of hiding behind being in bed all the time. Yeah. And also she uses the whole witch's apprentice thing to as a conduit to kind of push the stress off her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's a pretty nice ending, just because it makes clear that the two of them are... Well, you've already got these sense by, just by listening to the other roses, but the two of them are incredibly, incredibly close, and this revelation that both of them have the... have something similar or the same thing brings them even closer together. <laughs> and it's yeah. like... It basically ends with her going, Marisol going, it's going to happen again and again. And Alejandro being like, yeah, and I'll be back up here every time. Mm -hmm. 
just the sense that even if it's even if it's something difficult to deal with the two of them are so close and good friends that they will still go out of their way to comfort them yeah yeah it's like a really warm uh thing i wish it did not try to like oversell the like horrifying nature of it and i understand that, that can be more upsetting for people but um it it's strange it's one of those weird spaces where you navigate with like uh, content warnings like i obviously none of us here are saying that they are bad but um I, like overselling the content just sets people up for a kind of a different thing and can just like you know six was dissuaded from playing this because of that content warning and i don't think that six would have had a hard time with this i think uh like narcissus is a much more upsetting game than this one is <laughs> <laughs> yeah narcissus is such a gigantic bummer yeah and yeah the Basically, by putting a constant warning like that, there's so many horror visual novels that actually go to the places that the constant warning lists out, including the aforementioned messing with the computer thing. So it's it's unfortunate that people who would not want who would want to avoid those other ones might avoid this one as well. Yeah. You ready to move on to the next game? Sure. Um, next one should probably be One Night Hot Springs. Um, okay, that's interesting because I would not have gone that way. <laughs> oh, is that is that the is Leave It Open more intense or? No, we went from most intense to less intense, and I feel like One Night Hot Springs is like the warmest, fuzziest version of these games. But oh, weird. Okay. Um, maybe that says a lot about where our heads are at. Um. But, yeah, because... Okay, we can do... what. Yeah, well, let's do One Night Hot Springs first, then. Okay. Let's see. So, One Night Hot Springs is a... Pretty short, um, just like the other one, visual novel. Has seven endings. Uh, it was written by NPCKC, who also did the art and the programming behind it. Mm -hmm. And it's basically... You play this trans woman named Haru who is invited by her friend who is having her birthday at a hot springs just between herself and her other best friend, Alex? Is that... Am I... No, it, it's uh, Monami and Erica. Ah, oh, Monami and Erica, yeah. Yes. I was blanking on the friend's name. And the game basically has you going into this environment that can be pretty stressful for a trans woman and basically navigating ways to both have fun yourself and to make Monami feel happy on her birthday. Like it's this juggling of needs in terms of, okay, how can I be the most happy in this situation and how can I make sure not to be a bummer around everyone else, which is, which is pretty legit. <laughs> Mm -hmm. That's definitely... I've never been to a hot spring party before, but those issue, those concerns have definitely popped up in my daily life. Yep. This was uh, made for the Transgal Game Jam. Uh, and uh, the thing that is worth noting here is this is a Japanese writer speaking mostly specifically about the Japanese experience, which is in many ways very different than one you would find in America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And touches on that when, like, it lays down some explanatory stuff. Yeah, like, Erica asks a few questions, and 
you find out more about various um, things like uh, forced sterilization if you want to transition and yes. things like that. But also, like, uh, Haru has to put, like, legal gender and name on, like, forms when she goes to places. Yeah. At some point, I think they even ask her whether... Well, she puts it down before anyone can ask, but at some point, I think that they... She wonders whether she should just put how she goes by now or her legal information because better safe than sorry. Yeah. Um, and so this is ends up being kind of like a light uh, energy juggling. I don't know if you looked in the options, you can turn on cheats or like a hint system, which is basically like three hearts. And if you get the wrong, if you give like an answer that like wears down Haru's energy, it'll lose one of the hearts. And then if you don't have full hearts, you can't make some of the dialogue options, which is how the endings are determined. Yeah, like initially, well, I I put the hearts on the whole time I was playing, and I was initially surprised by the answers that did wear down, because I more or less go through many situations through the path of least resistance, but then I also thought about it for a bit, and I was like, oh wait, no, path of least resistance definitely starts wearing you down if you keep doing that to the point where you, well, at least I can shrink into a little ball and basically yeah. try and get the event over as soon as possible. Yeah, and this game's general tone is one where Haru needs to speak up for herself in a way that is not, like, disruptive, but is advocating for her own, like, agency as a person and, like, her right to be there. Um, even when it's hard for her, like, it's better than closing off and just letting the world, like, run over her like it would want to if she let it. Mm-hmm. And when she ends up opening up and speaking up, things almost always turn out for the better. Like, there's that hot springs attendant that she talks to, and if you are very explicit about what's going on and your concerns, the attendant is very apologetic, moves you to a better room, and goes out of her way to make your stay as comfortable as possible. And even is like, yeah, you can you you can use the woman's um, the woman's bath. It's fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then uh, in one of the uh, endings reveals towards the end that she has a sister who's trans, which is why she is very helpful towards you. Mm -hmm. She wants to make sure you have the best time possible because she knows what it's like to have someone in her life that struggles with that. Yeah, um, so why don't you tell me what your first path was and I'll tell you about mine and then we can talk about the game. Cause uh, I always, cause I always try to give the most honest answers possible and then see the other endings. And uh, I felt like I was very happy with where my first playthrough of this game was. Yeah. The way that mine went was I gave, I answered the way that I would answer in many of those situations and wore out most of my hearts by the time I got to Erica. So I started talking with Erica, but I couldn't do much really. Other than just talk about a few things, get a bit shy when Erica started asking more personal questions. And there was this, it was the first Erica ending where it's like, oh yeah, there's, there's the sense that I've made a new friend, but we're still kind of, well, I'm still kind of closed off to her just because it takes me a while to open up to just about anyone. Mm-hmm. 
Whereas if you have the hearts, which this is basically the path I went down where I was op- like, I was honest with the attendant. And then when me and Erica ended up going to the hot springs at night and Erica started asking me a bunch of questions, you can just answer them if you have the hearts for it. And you have a conversation where Erica is like clearly like not like up on these things and is like the questions are ignorant though not like malicious and you can answer them and when you if you just answer them earnestly then you basically like become friendly with her and she's like oh thanks for like answering uh i shouldn't like i understand these are dumb questions and then in the morning uh monami is like let's all go hang out with my boyfriend and it you like it's discovered it's revealed during the course of this that haru has a crush on monami and has for ages and erica is like uh no we're actually not gonna go me and haru are gonna go shopping together and you and erica basically blow off monami to go have girls day out which is the best possible ending yeah it's really it's really considerate and clever i like it Mm -hmm. uh which is, uh, it's good. So my thing with this game is that uh, while it is about, like, uncomfortable positions of, like, answering questions or dealing with situations that are, like, frustrating and frictive, uh, the game never, like, leans into it, like, being dangerous or harmful. And always, like, the worst that can happen is you close off and you have kind of, like, a middling time and you go home with a lot of things left unsaid. But mostly uh, the endings are like warm and friendly as people are like reaching out and you're reaching towards them and you reach some sort of like greater understanding. And I really thought that that was like a nice comforting, comforting thing to play through. Yeah, I thought most of it was incredibly comforting, but some of the worst endings, I have a lot of social anxiety and can relate to the whole (laughs) leaving with that having said lots of things that probably should have been said. So... Mm -hmm. Part yeah, of it was like the worst, the worst, well, the worst ending is when you say, I'm not going to go and then you don't go. But, uh, one of the endings you like leave the day after, like while everyone's still asleep and just like sneak out in the early morning, which, uh, rude thing to do, Haru. Oh yeah. That, that's actually listed as the bad ending in the series. Yeah. They list the neutral ending as saying, nah, I'm not going to do this. Yeah. Which surprised me. Cause I was like, well, there's an ending worse than just saying no and going back to bed. <laughs> uh, but it, you know, it is a worse ending. Not wrong. Yeah. So part of it was me reliving certain social anxieties that I've gone through and just what ifs of, oh, if I was in this situation, I would be kind of miserable unless everything went perfectly. So mm-hmm. there were times when I got kind of stressed out, but other than that, it went okay. Yeah. Um but yeah, like mostly this is just a really cute, a very like warm kind of game. I love the art style. It's very nice. I would play a dozen games like that look like this. Yeah, I was really into the soft lines and all that. Mm-hmm. Which leaves us one more game. Yeah, the third and final game is, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, Leave Oma. Um, it's a, it's not strictly or tradi- what we would traditionally call a visual novel you it recommends you use a controller you're walking along a path like you have direct control over this character and mm-hmm. you're basically with your grandmother in autumn picking up mushrooms and talking with her yeah um this uh this is by florian veltman um and yeah i want i picked this one specifically one it's been on my to playlist forever and i had not booted it up i've had this for probably like two years now um 
which I'm probably going to reveal. No, this game's two years old, so I probably got it shortly after it was released. Um, and um, I just never played it. And I think it's interesting. And as we play more of these, if we play more like Ichio sized games, so much of what can be contained in like a narrative that you like read as like a text in this game space is in these sort of like low interaction walking simulator style games. And so I wanted to pick this one specifically as like a experiment of does the do we think this counts as a visual novel? Um, because I do, but oh, I yeah. don't understand if people don't. But uh, I think it's interesting because while you are hold like instead of like pressing enter or X or a left mouse button, you are just holding up instead. But it is essentially the same kind of experience that a visual novel would provide for you. Yeah, the main the main ways it can branch. Well, I don't even know if it you would call it branches per se, but you can go off the beaten path searching for mushrooms, and I only ever found three that were actually good, and they were all on the very specific path that got laid out, so I don't know I whether found, the... I found seven, but they I didn't. I also didn't really want it from the path, because the few times I wanted from the path, it ended up, like, cutting off dialogue, and I was like, no, I'm just gonna, like, stick with my grandma and listen to her. <laughs> yeah, the few times when you run off, she goes... Oh, well, bye, I guess, or <laughs> don't yeah, start too far. Like, oh, hello, when you run close to her, and it's very cute. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah the, uh, the, the story of this game is you're going mushroom picking with her, and her, like, knees and back are not as good as they used to be, so you're going to do the picking, and then you'll show it to her, and she'll tell you if it's good or not. And if you get enough of them, you will make a delicious food. Uh, what food did you get for three mushrooms? Um, do you remember? <laughs> I think it was just something like a side dish or something, maybe some sort of soup. Okay, because she was like, oh, with the seven, we can make a risotto. And mushroom risotto sounds pretty good, honestly. So, um, Yeah, that sounds nice. Uh, it is. It implied through that uh, list that, that you could get way more than seven. Because at some point, like, there's probably just a, the giant bowl of mushroom dinner. I don't even know what that would be, <laughs> but it sounds delicious. I love mushrooms. Um, yeah. But, uh, narratively, it's you, like, touching base with your concerned grandma because you recently, like, it's it's implied your parents just got divorced and you and your mom moved into a house that is, like, unfinished and you're having a hard time adjusting to your new life and your new school. Yeah, you're uh, kind of distanced from everyone because you're, you've tried to keep up by playing Minecraft together, but over time that kind of lost it, its luster. He, your character specifically mentions that your fr your older friend group has developed a bunch of in-jokes while you were gone, and you can't follow through anymore, and there's something very alienating about that. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, yeah, understandable. Um, but it's also then intercuts with this same character, like, aged up to, like, it's implied like teens, because they're like, oh, this is one of your first, like, you just learned how to drive and go out on your own. Um, walking down through the same woods in winter... Uh, which I thought was going to imply like, oh, you're old now and your grandma's died. But no, she calls you on the phone and is like concerned after you. Like, I, I hope you're having a good time. Be careful. I'm sad. My legs are bad and I can't come out there anymore, uh, which is sad in its own way. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because you said uh, when I hot springs is like a harsher one for you. And I found this like this time with your grandmother with all this pain that you are too young to express and then being older and like caring for her and going through these woods again when she is like too old to go with you is like way sadder than anything in one night hot springs <laughs> i could see that yeah like my grandparents are definitely getting up there in age and 
I spent a lot of my teen years hiding pretty much everything from my parents and grandparents and shutting down whatever I was around them, but it was... I don't know, there was something about the act of walking around that was almost meditative to me, especially mm. during the winter segments, which once I found out the grandmother was not actually in danger, it was this pleasant thing of, oh, there's the osprey that grandmother talked about in the past that wasn't there during our initial visit or yep. yeah, things no, like I that. I also spotted that. It was good. Um, one of the things that I thought was really interesting, it, it took me a while... To, I forgot that I could rotate the camera as I was walking through the forest. Like, halfway through the game, I was like, oh, right, the right stick does something. Um, because so much of this game seems framed by the idea of you, like, peeking in and out of the woods. And uh, so, like, walking simulators are often pretty low interaction. So the idea that this was, like, an actual big 3D environment that you could just run through, like a, like a quote-unquote real video game, versus, like, just hold forward and go through the path and you're going to wander through the woods was like surprising to me in some ways because so much of it is framed as you getting like lost in these paths in the woods but no you can just rotate the camera and see where you're going <laughs> yeah and it's pretty easy to get lost sometimes especially during the grown-up parts because there's one part where i accidentally ran to the other side of the map without noticing where the path was <laughs> there's a lot a there yeah, no, it's they're big spaces. Like you zone in and out of areas as like the chapter breaks happen, but they do they are big maps before that. Yeah. Um, and I think it helps nice. a lot. Like, yeah, and it doesn't seem like it's not like encouraging you to go wander off and explore that entire map, but it does like the way it depicts like a big autumnal forest space is really beautiful. Totally. It really sells the it really goes out of its way to sell the vastness of the area that you're in without... Mm -hmm. in, in ways that kind of match what you see in larger, bigger budget games, but with a lot less. And that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's nice to just have good spaces to explore. It's one of my favorite things about, like, the walking sim genre. Uh, because environments are good and video games feel the need to fill them with like collectibles and battles and nonsense and you don't need any of that yeah sometimes you just want to walk somewhere and look around and that's good enough yeah but yeah this is also like one of these really warm games where like yeah nothing bad happens other than people grow old but they're still around and it's still nice and it's like it op it opens or ends i don't remember which is like a tribute to uh florian's grandmother um, and it's nice. Yeah, it mentions that during the end credits, I believe. Okay. Yeah, it's it's been really nice to play a set of three games that are very singularly minded with their goals and their structure, and just playing something short and pleasant, even things that initially didn't look to be too pleasant, but turned out to be very heartwarming. Yeah. Uh, like, a lot of uh, a lot of these are just super warm and super nice, and Itchio is full of this, like, more personal like games, uh, especially in visual novels. There's hundreds of visual novels that no one's ever heard of, and few people have played. Um, and I like being able to do a grab bag like this, to just, like, it's very easy to get lost in the weeds of the 30-hour Otome games and Danganronpas of the world. Um, 
Yeah. And it's it, like I sat and played through these in like uh, like two hours for all three of them put together, and it was a great time. Yeah, there's something kind of almost warm about downloading a zip file, opening it at the icons, just the default RenP icon, and just getting something nice out of that. Yep. So should we uh, move on to questions? Yeah, uh, uh, you have our only question, because we did not get any on email. If you want to send us a question uh, through the email, you can send it to podcast at abnormalmapping.com. Yeah, the only other question was, how how do you get the neutral ending which uh, in One Night Hot Springs, which was initially confusing to me too, because it didn't seem too neutral, but it's basically just ending the game with some of your hearts remaining and talking to neither friend before going to bed, essentially. That's the good ending. The neutral ending is where you don't go at all. But oh, right. I, had yeah, look the... up, I, look, I had to look up how to get the good ending because I would not naturally have assumed to turn down both friends. Yeah, that's, that's a weird... The way that they title this ending is a bit weird. Yes. Like, the character endings are clearly the better endings than the quote-unquote good ending. Yep. So here's the question that we got from Alan, who hosts, uh, fire, well, co-hosts Fireside Friends. Mm. Would you show Hot Springs to well-meaning cis friends and family? I felt like it was really basic in its message, but in that way, it might be a good avenue to explain the trans experience to an average person. Um, so I don't think it would be necessarily, like, the thing I would show someone as, like, here's your explainer. I think a more, um like just a 101 informational pamphlet would probably be better than like a game situation, unless you're dealing with like a specific person who plays a lot of this style of game. Um, also like so much of the specificity of the character interactions here are unique to Japanese culture. I think um, like the things that wear you down and the, the like what it means to be assertive in this space are very uh, Japanese influenced and not what necessarily I think a person in America would do. Um, but uh, so probably not um, like, yeah, it's basic, but I think it's more basic in the sense of this is an interaction that people just have all the time. Like, you're always explaining your gender identity to fucking somebody, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, and it's basic. That's just what life is. Like, it sucks. You don't want to do it anymore. You've answered these questions like 20 times. You're bored of them. Um, and yet someone's going to ask you the question once again. Uh, and I think that's more valuable than, like, this is a great way to explain this to cis people. I'm not really interested in that. They can go read, like, a fucking <laughs> informational website. <laughs> Yeah, I would probably recommend Why Not One Night Hot Springs as a game for anyone who just wants to have a pleasant time with a bit, with some light social anxiety and just interesting relationships between each of the three main characters. Uh, if I was trying to inform someone, I would probably maybe give them a copy of The Boy Was a Bride, which has pages devoted to it that talk about. LGBT and trans stuff and how it differs in Japan and that's a lot more informative than a two to three minute conversation that's mostly talking from the experience of this specific character yeah like what I actually want is a sequel where you can date Erica like please give me that instead oh that'd be great <laughs> yes 
Erica's the best. Even if she's kind of basic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, there are better resources. I, I don't, don't use games to teach people basic concepts. They'll get the wrong ideas. Yeah. People smarter than me have written very good essays about how games as empathy engines almost always fail. Like yeah. you have to have something in a much different form to actually teach someone. Mm hmm. So that's all the questions. People send us more questions. I think people might have more questions about next month's game. Yeah. Would be my guess. Probably. So next month, we're going to be playing Long Live the Queen, which is a visual novel that a queen who recently had their parents die and has to basically has to find a way forward to become the best best queen that she can through training and other events yep uh this is by hanako games it came out in 2012 and what this actually means is that you as the young princess going to be queen are going to die a lot <laughs> yeah that game's very unforgiving um it is made the first one of these sim style visual novels we have played um i've played a little bit of this game before but uh, we'll talk about it when we get there. I'm I'm not like super up on this style of visual novel, but it is uh, it's interesting, and this game's really charming, even when you just die from poison chocolate over and over again. Yeah, and there's what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, and this is slightly different because well, this is a slightly different tone than I was initially gonna approach this next game announcement with because. As it turns out, Steam is backing down from its whole visual novel removal thing that it was doing earlier, but mm. you can get it in places other than Steam if you want to. Like, they saw it directly from their website and all that. Yeah. If you can, always buy your game somewhere other than Steam. Steam's a bad place to buy video games. Yeah. Almost always buy it from the developer if you can. Yep. You can get this on itch.io. It is $10. It's a good time. Oh, it's on a Geo 2 Nice. Yep. Yeah. So we'll be covering that. Jen, do you want to plug? Sure. So most of my writing can be found on scanlinemedia.com. I also do other podcasts like Oops All Anime, which is a Patreon thing you can get to at patreon.com slash scanlinemedia. And a new show that I started with Ryan Prasad called Operation Serial, which is a... Saturday morning show where we talk about Saturday morning cartoons. And that one's free for everyone. It's just on the Scanline Media website as well. Or you can just search Operation Serial on iTunes, Overcast, etc. Okay. Um, this podcast is part of the Abnormal, Ma Abnormal Mapping Network. You can find that at abnormalmapping.com. Uh, we have other podcasts. Uh, the one you should probably listen to is Abnormal Mapping Proper. It's at thebestgame.club. It is a podcast much like this, but not about visual novels, with me and my friend Jackson going through uh, older games and talking about them in context and reapproaching them in 2018. Uh, it is good. Uh, we're Patreon supported. Go to patreon.com slash abnormalmapping to offer any support, to keep hosting up, keep the website going, keep all the podcasts rolling. Thank you very much for all of that. You can find me on Twitter at em underscore being. Uh, you can find six at uh, six Detmar, right? That's what it is, right? Yep. Yes. Uh, and uh, we should be joining us again next month. So we will all die together over and over <laughs> again. 
yeah, until then, see you later.